Welcome to the Journey Student Ministry Podcast. We're so glad you're here. JSM exists to engage students in the process of knowing Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to be more like Him. Well, hello, middle school. How are y'all? Hi, hi. I love your energy. It's awesome. It's keeping me awake right now. Well, we're continuing in our series, Head in the Clouds, that we've been talking about for the past two weeks. Where we, the first week, looked at what spiritual warfare is and, and how there's an enemy. The enemy is real, but we can overcome the enemy. God is stronger than the enemy, all of that stuff. And then last week, can anybody tell me what Patrick talked about last week? You right there. Yes, perfect. We talked about heaven. We talked about why we belong there and how Jesus made a way for us to live in heaven for eternity. And, but the bottom line, the whole thing that we've been looking at through this whole series is that following after Jesus doesn't just change where we go when we die, but, 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 but following after Jesus changes us and how we live on earth, how we think, how we talk, how we speak, how we act, all these different things. And so tonight, we're going to talk about how, how um, when we fall after Jesus, how our thoughts should be different. Studies show that we have over 60,000 thoughts that cross our mind every day. 60,000 thoughts. That's thoughts that are good thoughts, bad thoughts, negative thoughts, positive thoughts, thoughts that are angry, thoughts about the shirt you wore, thoughts about the test you didn't study for, thoughts about the chores that your mom told you to do, thoughts about what you saw on Instagram, thoughts about the Snapchat that you need to open, all of this stuff. 60,000 thoughts cross through our mind every day. And studies also say that of those 60,000 thoughts that cross our mind every day, 70% of them are negative. That the majority of the thoughts that we have in our lives every day are negative. And I don't believe that Jesus intended for us to live life where the majority of our thoughts were negative. Where the majority of our thoughts were, were not filled with hope. That they were filled with anger or they were filled with worry or all of these different other negative things. I believe Jesus came when he said to give his life and life to the fullest that he also came to change our thoughts that he came to give us thoughts that, that were hopeful, that were full of love, that were full of um, joy and these different things. And so that's why we're going to dig into scripture for the next few, from next few minutes and see what scripture says about our thoughts and how we can use them to follow after Jesus. And the, and the bottom line is, is scripture tells us that we need to seek things that are above and scripture tells us this, scripture tells us to seek things that are above because our world is not filled with a lot of hope. The things of this world will fail us. They will fade away. Our friend's going to make us mad or upset. Our parent is going to disappoint us. Our boyfriend or, boyfriend or girlfriend will probably break our hearts. The things of this world will fail us. We can't put our hope in a president. We can't put our hope in a teacher. We can't put our hope in... In um, a parent, we can't put our hope in a friend. We can't put our hope in anything on this world. We have to put our hope in heaven. Because the hope that we find in heaven doesn't fail. It doesn't disappoint us. It won't fade. And so this is why Jesus tells us to look at things above, to put our hope in things above, because he doesn't want us to be disappointed. 
And so the bottom line, the thing that we're going to look at throughout this whole message through these next few moments is this, this thing that we need to look up, not at. And what I mean is when we're going through something hard, when we're struggling through something, we don't need to look at that situation, but we need to look up at heaven. We don't need to look at the things of this world to help us find hope. We need to look up to heaven to find hope. Scripture says it this way, and they kind of say, say this way about how, how we should look up and not at. In 2 Corinthians um, 4, verses 17, Paul is writing, and he says, that for this momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so what he's saying is this, this circumstance, this obstacle, this struggle that we are facing right now, life, where we are standing right now, it is momentary. In the scope of eternity, what we are facing is momentary. It is light. And he's talking about the weight of glory is the glory that we will see in heaven. And so he's saying in the scope of heaven, what we are facing is momentary. And so he says, he says, um, and so we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. And so what he's saying is we don't look to the things on earth that we can see, but we look up. We look up above to the things that are unseen, speaking of heaven. And then he even says, he goes on, for the things that are seen on this earth, the things that are seen on this earth are transient, which means that they fade, they are finite, they don't last forever. He said, so the things that are seen, the things of this earth will disappoint us, but the things of heaven are eternal. The things that are unseen are eternal. And so this is why we look up, not at. It's because Jesus wants us to find hope in him. He doesn't want us to be disappointed by the things of this world, but he wants us to find hope in him so that we can live lives that are full of joy as we find hope in him. And Jesus wants us to find hope in him because he knows how hard life can be. Jesus himself lived on this earth for 30 years of his life. He faced the same temptations that we face today. He had the same 60,000 thoughts cross through his mind every day that he walked on this earth. And so he knew the battle that could go on in our minds between worry and fear and hate and anger and all of these different things, that the, the, the negative thoughts that cross our minds. Jesus dealt with those. And so he knew the struggle was real. He knew and understood our struggle. And so Jesus knew that it was also just as important for us to love him with our minds, just in the same way that we love him with our hearts. It's important for us to love God with our thoughts just as much as we love God with our words that we say to others. What Jesus actually taught, he said that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your strength and your mind. Jesus knew how vital, how important it was that we use our minds, that we change our thoughts to think about him, to love him more. And so what we're going to do for the next few moments is we're also going to look at what the scripture says even more about our minds and about thoughts. And we're going to look at some different things that this author Paul wrote about. And so Paul is someone that wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of letters to a lot of different churches, like a lot of different communities and, and, and groups of people all throughout the Middle East, back in the New Testament. 
And so Paul um, was someone that loved Jesus. And he, for a while, didn't love Jesus. For a while, his name was Saul, and he persecuted people that followed after Jesus. But then he met Jesus. His life changed. He became a follower of Jesus. His name changed from Saul to Paul. And then he started preaching about Jesus. And he dedicated his whole life to telling others about God, about how good God is, how we should follow after him, and how we can find hope in him. And so Paul, over and over again, was someone that dealt with anxiety. He dealt with the human emotions that we deal with. He was a human. He was in prison. He was persecuted himself for, for, for the gospel that he preached. So he lived a life where he had a struggle, where he had to fight to find hope. And so he is a man that definitely has some credit. He's definitely someone that we can listen to because he's lived a rough life and he's walked through it. And so Paul, he writes three different letters to three different churches that we're going to look at tonight. And I think that the majority of us can find ourselves in one of these three categories that we're going to look at. We're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians. We're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And we're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. And just in the same way that Paul wrote this letter to these people back in those days, the, the, the words that Paul wrote are God's word, and they're living and active, and just in the same way that Paul wrote to these people, and he gave instructions to them, we can take these words as ours as well. We can obey these words just as Paul wrote them to these people. And so the first group of people that we look at that Paul writes to are the people in Colossia, or, or he writes to the Colossians. It's a book of the Bible that maybe you've heard before. And and so Paul's writing to these people and the people, um, the Christians that, were, that lived in Colossia, the Colossians, they were people that they had just begun to follow Jesus. They loved Jesus. They just decided to start following him. And so they were eager to learn about him, but they didn't know a lot yet. And so Paul was writing to these people to teach them about Jesus and to encourage them. And so the first chapter of Colossians, he writes all about the supremacy of God how God is in all things, all things are made through him. He talks about how Jesus is the goal of our entire lives, that we should be in pursuit of Jesus our whole lives. All things that are important to know as a new Christian. And then Paul carries on in, verse, in chapter three of Colossians, Paul starts to give some like practical, very like easy step-by-step -step instructions on how to actually live your life in a way that follows after Jesus, that points to Christ. And so this is what we're going to look at. And, and maybe this is you. Maybe this is you that you are ready to follow Jesus. Maybe you just started following Jesus or you're about to start following Jesus. And you just need some simple step-by-step -step instructions for how to change your thoughts, for how to set your mind on things above. And this is what Paul says. Paul says to the Colossians, and we can take this for our own as well. He says, if then you've been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So again, Paul tells us, look up, not at. Set your minds on things above, up, not on things that are on this earth, at. But what he's saying, he's like, look guys, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to know him, if you want to find him, do you want to understand everything there is to know about God? The first thing that you have to do is just start thinking. The first 
The first step to seeking God is thinking about him. It's that simple. You don't need to go to a winter camp to start seeking God. You don't need to be in a worship service. You don't need to have somebody like praying over you. You don't need to be in small group. None of those things. You don't have to do any of those things to start seeking God. The first, the simplest way that you can seek God is to start thinking about him. The best way to think about him is to know about him. The best way to know about him is to know his scripture. A great place for you to start, if this is you, if you're like, that's me, I just need this simple step that I need to start thinking about God. I know I need to set my mind on things above, and the first step is to think about him. The best place to start is by reading Psalms. Psalms tells us so much about who God is and what he does. And so if you want to know God and you're ready and you want to start thinking about him, start reading Psalms. It'll help you think about God even more. The next thing is, is, is if you want to start thinking about God and you know that that's your step, that you need to take this simple step of just think about God more through your day. Start listening to worship music. Listen to two or three songs while you're waking up and getting ready for the day. Turn on some worship music in your car as, as your parents are driving you to school or listen to some on the bus on the way to school. That's a great way for you to start thinking about God because worship music essentially is just scripture. It's, it's truths about God that are just put to music to help us remember things better. I know I've had the same song stuck in my head for three weeks now and I'm tired of the song. I'm annoyed that it's still in my head but I know it's a truth that I need to hear. It's a song that tells me to turn my eyes towards Jesus, that he is overcome. That's a truth that I need to hear. And that song has been stuck in my head and it helps me remember that truth, to turn my eyes towards Jesus. And so maybe you're like the Colossians, that you were in that boat, that you maybe have just come to faith in Jesus Christ or you are about to, you're on the edge of your seat, you're ready to give your life to him. And your first step needs to be simply thinking about God. And it's important that we think about God. And I know it sounds so um, simple, almost too, sim- too simple and easy to be true. But the truth is, is where we direct our thoughts is, is where our whole lives go. What you think affects your mood. What you think affects what you say. What you think affects what you do. And so when you start thinking about God, it'll change what you say. It'll change how you feel. It'll change how you act towards others. So it's just a simple step. If you want to seek God, just start thinking about him first. And the next group that, we, that um, Paul starts to write to is this other group of, of um, people in Ephesus or the Ephesians. And maybe you're kind of in this group too. And, and so these people that were in Ephesus, um, they were people that... Uh, kind of knew God, but there was like a lot of mixed beliefs going on at that time. And so the city of Ephesus, let me just give you a little background. The city of Ephesus in the Middle East, it was this big trade city. And so there were um, people that, you know, sewed tapestry and they sewed clothes and they painted things and they grew spices and all of this. And all of these people came and brought all of their goods to trade in the city of Ephesus from all over the Middle East. And so um, Ephesus was like, was like this hodgepodge of all of these different cultures. And it was really cool that you got to see all these different cultures in this one place. But at the same time where there were all these different cultures, there were also all these different religions that all of these cultures had. 
And so the Christians in Ephesus had a hard time facing all of the religions that were surrounding them and still staying true and sticking to God's word. It's not like they wanted to give up on God, but they just had a hard time following after him, deciphering the truth from the lies. And so Paul writes to these, these people. And, and I want you to also realize that some of these people were people that had old religions. A lot of the, the religions that were going on were like witchcraft. People practiced sorcery and these different things. Another religion um, worshipped false gods. They worshipped like the god of the wind or the god of um, fertility or these different things. And then um, another religion that was going on in that time was they, they worshipped idols. They worshipped like literal things that they built or they found and they worshipped them. And so some of these Christians that Paul was writing to in Ephesus were actually um, people that practiced witchcraft before they came to know Jesus. Or they were people that um, they, they um, chose to worship an idol before they knew that they were to worship Jesus. And so Paul is writing to these people. And he's essentially saying, hey, if you want to change your thoughts, you need to make sure that just as Jesus changed your life in every other way, you need to make sure that you're also letting him change your mind. This is what he says. Paul says to the Ephesians in 4.22, he says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt and deceitful um, through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created like the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And essentially what Paul is saying is you maybe need to make a trade. Maybe you need to make a trade that you've been living like your old dead self and it's time for you to lay that down. Lay down your old thinking. Lay down your old mindset and pick up your new life that God has given you. That we have through Jesus Christ that renews your mind. That sets your mind on heaven, not on the things below. Maybe it's like this. Maybe you need to trade your shame that you carry around that the enemy reminds you of the regrets and the sins that you have. Maybe you need to trade that shame that you carry and you need a renewing of your mind and you need to start carrying freedom. You need to trade your shame for freedom. Or maybe for you is you need to trade your joy, your fear for your joy. That you have been carrying around this fear that just overwhelms and overcomes you and it's time for you to renew your mind and trade your fear for joy. Maybe for you, it's also that you need to trade your thoughts of anger or maybe thoughts of hate towards others, that you are just so angry inside and it's time for you to lay down those thoughts of anger. It's time for you to forgive others. It's time for you to love others. And so it's time for you to trade your old self of being angry and hateful. It's time to lay that down and pick up the new self where you're a person of forgiveness and kindness and love. Maybe it's time for you to trade your old self where you didn't think good thoughts of others, that maybe you were lustful, you, didn't think about think, you don't think about things that you know you're supposed to be thinking about, and it's time for you to lay down those thoughts, those thoughts that you know you're not supposed to be having, lay them down and pick up thoughts of kindness about others. It's time to start thinking about things that are pure and honorable, that, that points you to Jesus. Here's a way to think about it. Are the thoughts that you have, are they pointing you to Jesus? If there was a little sign above your head 
that showed every thought that you had throughout the day, will they, will someone else that's reading them see that you love Jesus? Will someone else that's reading them um, be pointed to Christ with those thoughts? And if not, if you can answer no to that, then maybe you're like the people that Paul was just saying, that it's time for you to lay down your old self. It's time for you to change your thoughts. It's time for you to have thoughts that are set towards heaven, thoughts that are good about Jesus, about who God is, all of that stuff. Because here's the truth. And like I said, I say this over and over again, us falling after Jesus doesn't just change if we go to heaven when we die, but it changes how we live on earth. So our thoughts need to change when we decide to follow Jesus. We need to give him everything. When we put down our old self, that means we put down our old thoughts and we pick up new thoughts that glorify God. And then this is the last thing. This is the last thing that um, Paul says about our minds. Paul, he writes a letter to the church in Philippi. And so these people are people that had known Jesus for a while. Um, they were doing good. Their church was good. It was growing, all that stuff. They love Jesus, um, but they just needed some encouragement. They had been chugging along for a while, and they just needed like a little pick-me-up. So Paul wrote this letter to them to encourage them to carry on in their faith. And so um, Paul writes this at a time that, that he also needs encouragement. Just as the church in Philippi does, Paul needs it. As Paul's writing the letter to the Philippians, Paul is sitting in prison. And so Paul writes this letter from prison to these other people and he, he tells them to be encouraged. And he tells them, hey, this is how you set your mind on things above even when you're going through something hard. And so maybe this is you. Maybe you've already taken that next step of thinking about God. Maybe you've already laid down your whole self and, and your thoughts are good. And maybe this is you. That you need help setting your mind on things above. You need help having hope even in the midst of hard things. Maybe it's a hard thing like your parents are getting divorced or maybe it's a hard thing like your friend isn't talking to you right now. Maybe it's a hard thing that someone you know is going through a sickness and you're afraid for them. Whatever it is, small or big, this is what we can follow. This is what Paul lovingly writes to us. This is how we can set our minds on things above, even in hard times. Paul says in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And Paul goes on to tell us what we should think about. Think about if we want to think about heaven, this is what we should actually think about. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. So Paul kind of gives us four steps 
that we can take. If you are going through a hard time and you're struggling to set your mind on things above, here's four things we can do. The first is rejoice. Paul tells us that no matter what we're going through, even if we're going through something hard, we need to rejoice. And I know that sounds crazy. That when, that when we're stuck in a crappy situation, the last thing that we want to do is be happy about anything. But Paul tells us to rejoice. And, and Paul tells us to rejoice because when we rejoice, we remind ourselves of who God is, of what God does. And so maybe, maybe you're going through an illness or someone you know is, is sick. And that's hard and you're scared. But we need to rejoice in knowing that God is our healer. Or maybe, maybe your parents are going through a divorce and that's hard. It makes you sad, it makes you angry. Maybe you're angry at both of your parents and in the midst of that, you need to rejoice knowing that God is, can restore all things. And that God will not leave you. It may feel like maybe one of your parents is leaving you, but God will not leave you. Or maybe you're walking right now through a situation where you have a relational breakdown with your friends. That you miss your friend, y'all aren't getting along right now or something. And so you're struggling, you feel lonely, that you're not surrounded by the people that love you. And you need to rejoice in that situation and still know that your friend may have failed you, but God never will that he knows every care that you have, that he won't leave you nor forsake you. His love has not stopped. It hasn't given up on you. And so we need to rejoice. And the next thing that Paul says is that we need to be gentle. And I know that sounds crazy, but Paul says in the midst of a storm, in the midst of craziness, just be gentle. In the midst of the chaos, take a deep breath. Just sit in the stillness. Sit in the peace of God that surrounds you. Don't act in anger towards others. Don't be outraged. Just be gentle. And in that gentleness, don't be anxious. And in that anxiousness, why don't you replace that anxiousness with thoughts of praise and supplication and worship. And so Paul is teaching us how we can set our minds on things above even when things on earth feel hopeless. He reminds us that we can find hope in heaven even when our, our, our um, situations on earth make us feel defeated. And Paul says when all that happens, at the end of the day, the greatest thing is that God's peace will protect us. We'll be surrounded by God's peace. And so I don't know, I don't know what situation you're in. If you're new to your faith and you just need to simply start thinking about God, or maybe you followed God for a while, but you haven't surrendered all of yourself to him. If you haven't surrendered all of your mind or your thoughts to him. Or maybe you're in the last boat where you've been following Jesus for a while, but you're going through something hard and you're discouraged and you need some encouragement. You need help still setting your mind on things above when things on earth are hard. But for the next few moments, I, wanna, I want us to take a chance, to take a, a second to respond to what God's word says. And maybe you need to take a second and you need to reflect on what we heard and figure out where you are. What piece of God's word you need to listen to and take heart and obey in this moment.
And so for these next few moments, we're going to respond because, look, I can talk up here all night long, but if we don't put into action the words that we hear from God, then nothing's going to change. And so for these next few moments, I want you to take this opportunity to be obedient to what God's word says, to respond to what he says, to the instructions that he has given us to seek heaven, to find hope in heaven. And so for these next few moments, we're just going to sit as Jordan plays, as they sing a song, and there are going to be some scriptures scrolling on the screen, and maybe those will help you think about heaven. Maybe those will help you change your mindset, or maybe you need to talk to your small group leader, and you need, you need them to pray with you or talk you through how you can find hope, how you can set your mind on things above. No matter how it is, no matter how you feel like you need to respond in this moment, I want you to take this time to personally respond to the invitation we have to set our minds on things above, to find hope in Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to Journey Student Ministry Podcast. If you need help taking your next step, email our team at jsmnextsteps at journeycommunity.net.